I was going to say, whoever drinks a Jeremy Clarkson beer is going to be a very specific type of person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a hazy IPA or you know, <laughs> no, some fruit-infused thing. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner, and they are our proud sponsors of Brews News. And this in particular, which is Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views, and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News and long-lost relative of um, Kierkegaard um, <laughs> no, of literary no, fame. No. You, you not. <laughs> well, Pete, Pete obviously heard me on 3AW this week. According to Australia's uh, highest rating breakfast uh, show. Um, so I listened to his dulcet tones yesterday. It's Matt Kierkegaard and ace reporter and senior journalist Claire Burnett. G'day, guys. Hey, Pete. Morning, Pete. Warm, wet. How is it up there? Uh, warm, wet and humid. Yep. All, all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> Good to hear. No, it's beautiful down here in sunny Melbourne. Oh, it's good beer drinking weather. Good to hear. Well, it's always good beer been? drinking weather. It's just uh, stolen. It's always good beer drinking weather. That's right. As as my uh, grandfather, who um, oh my my sorry my uh, father in law, who um, came over from England when he was about fourteen, uh, he says there's no such thing as bad weather, just inappropriate clothing. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And when you grow up in practical. Melbourne, that's yeah, it's, it, it's well, very much was very much the case. Not sure. Well, you can't be perfect, can you? Yeah. What's the song? Dun, 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 I'm a Londoner. Oh, we, still have, we still have relatives in uh, Devon. Oh, Devon's all right. Went we'll down and off. visited. So, yeah, so yeah. there's a uh, yeah, lovely part of the world <laughs> uh, to visit. Oh, yeah, not to live. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and a shout-out to all our friends who are listening who might be listening from the little village of Sturminster Newton. <laughs> is that where he was from? I, I say, I, like, like 10 people in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually... At a at a at BrewCon a few years ago, was re- relaying this story, and uh, one of our international guests, his father, was the vicar in Sturminster Newton oh at that God. time. It's a so small there, world, you know. isn't it? It is, but you wouldn't want to know it. So, <laughs> so Pete, he might have been uh, the guard of the church, the church warden, the Kierkegaard. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which is apparently the Kierkegaard. So, gee, seamless. <laughs> I wonder I brought that back. Anyway, but n- none of this has got anything to do with beer. <laughs> yeah, completely <laughs> unrelated. That's your, that's your literary uh, tidbits for this week, <laughs> folks. Um, but now we cross live to the uh, International News Centre at the heart of the Bruges News news Empire for uh, all that is breaking news in uh, beer this week. And Claire, we begin with, oh, God, not again. I mean, um, we begin with Lion Complete Stone and Wood Acquisition. Yes, so it's official. It's happened. Uh, Lion is, it, is this it now? Huh? Do we stop talking? Do we stop talking about it now? It's all. Uh, it's a done deal. Uh, watching brief, Pete. We'll watching see. brief. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the interesting point from this one, I suppose, for for a lot of people actually, was uh, that Lion said that Fermentum will continue to operate as a standalone business, uh, but will partner with the broader Lion company to drive growth with drinkers and customers. So we're not hundred percent sure what that means. I'm sure we can discuss below the fold. Well, there's something in the mailbag yes. um, about that. That's probably. I mean, it, it's pretty much news. So we might even. Discuss dispose of that part of the, there sure. was a listener question um yes first uh, of december transfer over um we, we were lucky enough uh, to be invited to the, the the brisbane 
um, crew had a little bit of a you know last drinks um, farewell drinks, which was lovely to oh it was to see. Wasn't it? Yeah. it was nice to see everyone and all we, in good spirits actually. In good spirits, but you know they've had a couple of months. They've had since September mm-hmm. to process mm-hmm. their feelings, and it sounds like there was a lot of tears. Um, you know, it, it sounds like there were you know mixed feelings um, about it, as you'd expect. But I, 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 I guess having used that word custodianship in the media release, you know, instead of a partnership, custodian, and then we're still going to be independent. Yeah, there's a bit, there's a bit of disconnect there for me. Well. Why you you can't really be independent if you're owned by someone else? Surely. What does it mean? You know, like mm. w- w- what does it mean to be independent when you are 100% owned by mm-hmm. Lion? Um, you know, are they going to maintain separate sales teams? Mm-hmm. Which again, we we have seen some of the other breweries do um, more or less successfully. But then you've got you know a malt shovel sales rep and a stone and wood sales rep potentially calling on the same venues, mm-hmm. um, which is inefficient. Accountants hate that. Yep. Um, you know, of, of course they're going to say that for now. Of course, the, the you know, Stonewood is such a hugely successful brand. They're going to want to make it look like we're hands off. Yeah. And I'm sure by and large they would because that's where Stonewood's growth has come from. Um, but at the same time, um, that's not how... <laughs> that's not how business works. No, um, no, you know, especially when the accountants get involved, as you say. <laughs> as they, you know, they they talk about, you know, one of the favourite words for any merger. Um, you know, this is a takeover. This is a purchase. But you yeah, know, yeah. talking about synergies. You know, mm-hmm. immediately you extract value from the uh, purchase by. Um, blending the back rooms and getting rid of some of the duplicities and stuff like that. Maybe they'll maintain that in the short term because Stonewood is growing. Mm-hmm. Line bought it for a reason. Um, you know, the growth that Line will bring um, through their um, reach will probably see, you know, so much growth that they don't need to worry about some of those efficiencies and synergies in the short term. Yeah. Um, the word that we're hearing, you know, there's so many job... Um, so many vacancies in the industry, such a skill shortage in the industry. Um, the, the the word I'm hearing is that there are a lot of stone and wood applications landing in um, <laughs> response to some of these jobs um, straight away. So clearly not everyone wants to, you know, be part of Lime. Um, and, you know, we are going to yeah. see some very, very well-credentialed, highly skilled uh, people in all areas of the, the, the brewing business hitting um, mm-hmm. the, the, the shelves. Uh, and, and so, you know, what does that then mean for for, for Lion? You know, um, I, I, I don't know, but it's yeah, it's one of those things. What else are they going to say? Well, um, absolutely. We will maintain the watching brief to see what comes. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, the other question was um, on just delving a bit more into the tap contract issue. If you've got like eighty percent of Lion taps, are they going to then say, "Oh, well, Stone and Wood doesn't count there; we use them separately"? Is that going to fly with publicans? I'm not sure. They'll be like, "Well, Stone and Wood <laughs> is one of yours now, so why would we consider them separately? Deal with them separately when we already deal with a Lion representative for the rest of the tap?" And that's where we'll wait and see. Because yeah, on, on, on one hand, you know, I'm sure that Lion. Well, of course, I mean, listen, Bank of Ten Taps. Lion's got eighty percent of them. Stone and Wood has one. You know, other tab. Mm-hmm. If they can maintain nine of the ten taps oh, yeah. through they this would. fiction, why wouldn't they? Absolutely. But the flip side is why wouldn't a, why would a publican go? Well, hold on, hold on, sport. 
you've only contracted mm-hmm. 80% of the taps. Why am I going to give you a freebie when I can have that exact same beer as part of that 80% and then contract? Put two different ones. And on. then put to yeah. something else on and or augment my thing. But mm-hmm. then again, you, 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 because they are maintaining this fiction of it being a separate business, maybe we will see even cheaper stone and wood kegs, you know, wh- whatever. That would be interesting. Um, so, uh, again, hearing very mixed reports from trade about that, you know, and a lot of businesses are just saying, well, we're going to wait and see. Um, but, you know, if, if I was a publican, I'd be driving a fairly hard bargain because a contract, you know, exactly. <laughs> that's what a contract is. It's a contract yeah. with Lion. Exactly. And how independent are they if they're Lion are the ones that are able to or directing the change of price mm. so that it is cheaper? So there are there is some involvement there. Mm. It's not independent in the normal yeah. way we mean independent. Oh, and, and, and actually, you, you raise a great point. You know, this idea of um, Fermentum is going to be this completely separate business. I'm pretty sure head of sales at Fermentum is going to be in the sales meetings, you know, uh, in, in the same way that, you know, all of the CUB breweries have to, you know, feed their plans through yeah. the, the, the mothership and everything like that because that's how you that's run That's how it a, works when you have a parent you run company. A business, yeah. <laughs> they didn't give them uh, half a billion dollars or whatever, half a billion <laughs> so, um, dollars um, just so things could remain the same. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll w- see. W- w- watching brief, um, it, w- it was genuinely lovely. You know, as we've said in the past, um, Brad, Jamie, and Ross, um, who are now out of the business, keeping. Well, apparently, it they'll be on the end of the <laughs> phone, Matt. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, cancel that call, decline. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm on my yacht. <laughs> New phone. Who did? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, absolutely, you know, congratulations to them for they've achieved the, the, the contribution they've made to the industry and all of those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, ultimately, despite the mixed feelings about some of the ways that it came about, you know, you, you can't take anything away from, you know, the, the, the achievement and the contribution and, you know, the, 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 the genius of what they achieved. The 2021 Indies results have been, well, revealed. Yes. And... <laughs> and, and then contested and audited. <laughs> yes, so obviously Indies last week, Matt, you were emceeing, I believe, at the. Uh... <laughs> well, I, I was standing in front of a camera, shouting at it, um, <laughs> hoping that I was being heard. Because was the party too wild? Let's be fair. It, it wasn't wild. It was. It was. It, well, I was at Easy Times. There were parties all, all, all around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there were. Two, oh. I think they'd sold a hundred, or they had one hundred and fifty, and then yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it was heaving. Um, and congratulations uh, to them. But yep. again, in in a, in a crowded room, um, yeah. So I, <laughs> I kind of, especially I, with one dodgy ear. <laughs> well, one dodgy. So I've got an ear that I can hear nothing from, an earpiece in the other ear, so I can hear the control room. Oh god. Um, which you know is impeding some of the sound anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, all of these things are not actually considered. And uh, I, I, I'm very thrilled to present David Cryer, you know, who has did this podcast wouldn't exist without his just unquestioning support um, of what we do, which is how he supported the entire industry, um, you know, over the years, just supports, gets behind everything. Um, You know, I've described him as one of these people that, you know, when everyone else is building boats, he's trying to make it rain, Um, you know, and he's always done that. (laughs) But I was left with the impression of suddenly he's on the screen and we'd sort of worked out this thing that I was going to, you know, no, David, by the way, just wanted to, you know, and surprise him with this Industry Achievement Award, the Lifetime Mm -hmm. Achievement Award. 
but I couldn't get anything back from him. So it, it, it kind of like felt like <laughs> I was throwing the um the the, the, the award. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> hey Dave, catch, <laughs> enjoy, bye. <laughs> yeah, back, back to you guys in the control room. So uh, yeah, but it was a wonderful night. Um, yep. Um, lots of winners as well. So we had Best Independent Beer, uh, Blaster Brewing Co's Blaster Vison, uh, which is very cool. So did you get that, Pete? Didn't mess it up. Um, and then we also did, uh, oh, well, in fact, important to note, of course, being that we're in Brisbane, uh, Queensland Brews picked up the most trophies, apparently. Uh, five out of 13 champion and class trophies. Uh, big winners, Stomping Ground, um, Moffat Beach, Future Mountain. Loads of people winning, loads of medals. Um, so, yeah, bloody brilliant. Really exciting. Although, <laughs> yes. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so, the IBA sent an email out yesterday. Uh, it was a short one, but I think you could tell, like, the strain and the stress behind it. Was Raised like, oh, more God. questions than it answered. Yes. Um, there's some awards, not all of them. Some awards are being contested uh, due to issues with... Um, it sounds like accounting. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it, scoring it, matrices and stuff like that. It's not like... <laughs> very, very boring stuff. Yes, yeah. Um, about, and, and I actually don't know how the indies works. Pete, this is something you can probably comment on. You know, as a brewery, you can enter 150 beers and some competitions average all of your um, results. Um, you know, so if you enter three beers and some enter 150 beers, you know, when you, when you look at some of the state champion trophies, you know, do you do it on the average of your top three beers or do you do it on the average of all of the beers you've entered or things like that? And it, it, it sounds like there is just an issue around how the state, some, you know, how, how it was calculated. Um, there was a question based on, you know, mm-hmm. accounting, whether yep. the decimal point or the, the, the procedure. Yeah, yeah. So it's no scandal, no... Yeah. Again, it's, it's the nature of Facebook. Straight away, you know, you get flogs um, mm-hmm. commenting in Facebook, you know, posting, you know, idiot shit post memes, you know, uh, um, and look, grow up. Mm. Um you know. Like these things happen. These things happen. They happen we're at the speaking, Oscars. We're not speaking to our, the, the members of our Facebook group, yep. obviously. No, yep. of course not. Keep keep your conspiracies to you know moon landings and stuff like that. <laughs> but anyway, so the IBA is dealing with this. They're ha- undertaking an audit as we speak. They're hoping to have the results uh, before the end of the week, and they're getting an independent uh, contractor, independent person to look at those as well. So it won't be done internally. And they've got some checks and balances on that as well. So hopefully we'll unravel that mystery. Congratulations by the end of the week. to them to being on the front foot to respond yep. to. Like it sounds like there was a bit of discussion in New South Wales um, about the results. Um, it hadn't actually reached us before we got the um, media release. Um, but congratulations to the IBA for taking it on. Yep. You know, front foot, being proactive about it and mm-hmm. in, in, in ensuring that there is integrity, integrity around the awards. And that's and you know, transparency as well. Because, yeah. I mean, at the minute we don't know that much, but they, they are but going they to will, talk about yeah. it. They, they are going to discuss it. Um, it's just that they want to know the the exact issue and the exact problem before it They know what the out. problem is. It, 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 it's always with news reporting. You know what the problem is, but the mere fact of reporting on the problem can actually distort, you know. Yes, it, it's it, a bit it, of a catch-22 situation. It, it, it's a hard it? one. It, it's a very, very hard one to do. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking um, of problems, yeah. 
don't know if you've noticed, but there's been some uh, problems with global freight uh, <laughs> and it's challenging the brewing industry, Claire. It has indeed. Uh, the ACCC released a really interesting report. If you wish to read a 40-page report on um, docks and freight and shipping routes, um, very interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, but they, it basically suggested there was intense pressure being placed on exporters, importers in Australia because of this massive global logistics crisis, demand for cargo and extreme congestion, uh, huge disruptions, massive lead times, more expensive getting stuff in, getting stuff out. So it's been a bit of a nightmare generally. But we thought, well, that's really interesting. Obviously, we, we knew this was happening, but how does this impact the brewing industry? I've spoken to a number of brewers recently who, or should I say in the past year or so, who have bought kit from China or elsewhere, obviously taking a lot longer than it normally would uh, prior to COVID. That's impacted them. They're still paying rents on places. They're waiting and waiting and waiting for their equipment to come through. And then on the other side of it is ingredients. So I spoke to um, Phil Meddings at Bentani and uh, David Cryer. David Cryer again. He's <laughs> oh, getting man, his money getting money's money's worth, isn't it? And it's it? all so seamless. I know. No one even knows he sponsors the podcast. <laughs> uh, and the lovely David Cryer. And um, we were just having a chat about um, how does that work in terms of ingredients side of things? Are there going to be delays? Are we going to have issues in the coming year or two in the medium term? Um, in regards to supply chains and they were like look we've invested in this uh we have where they obviously both of them in the past year have opened two warehouses in um melbourne so they've got the capacity to be able to sort of have much a little bit more stock than they would in normal times so they can sort of buffer any issues with uh everything coming in but they've also said you know it's a two-way street we we want to work with the brewers and make sure that the our forecasting is right make sure that we've got enough in so getting ahead of the game letting them know what your schedule looks like uh just having a chat with them sort of that was the the point that I took away from that is to you know just be have have those channels of communication open and hopefully we won't be too impacted but inevitably we will be uh at some stage but that sort of leads to other questions about knock the knock-on effects of even though they'll be pr- reasonably well protected, they're prepared for this, will that eventually mean um, increased prices probably and will that be passed on to consumers potentially? So things to watch out for in the next year as well. Uh, and yeah, let us know what, what you guys think if that, if you anybody's been impacted uh, on that side of things. As I say, I've spoken to a few brewers that have had equipment delays and things like that as you'd expect. Um, but yeah, let us know. And we go from knock-ons to knock-offs. Uh, Wobba <laughs> combat keg theft with Absolutely. its latest campaign. They do indeed. So this one, um, I don't know if you remember, it was a little while ago now, but there was a big issue and it hit the mainstream of uh, lots of kegs in Perth and uh, WA going missing, getting Growing robbed legs. for like scrap metal and stuff like that. It was, it was, it seemed so Guy Ritchie at the time, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like low-level Perth brewing Guy Ritchie. <laughs> oh, but it was, it, it was like it was criminal you know it sounded like there was a professional ring there was like a thing going on there was a cartel situation uh, uh, happening yeah i think so it involved like a scrap metal dealer who was yeah yeah, dodgy one and the police raiding them and everything it was very exciting um but anyway on the serious point it can cost um the brewing industry around one million a year apparently wobber says so um obviously wobber the west australian brewers association they've launched this big awareness campaign targeting keg theft highlighting to consumers, highlighting to scrap metal yards, highlighting to uh, just everybody that this is a massive issue for local breweries. Uh, 
can cost so much in terms of replacement costs, lost sales. Uh, so good on them for getting on the front foot with that, really. And I don't want to give a free hit to our friends at either um, Kegstar or at Convoy, but if you've got some sort of tracking device, at least, I guess, it's easier to know. Yeah, I wonder. Because well, at least a lot you know of these, where it last was before. Yeah, they... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a yeah. lot of these kegs were like brewery owned rather than, yeah. you, obviously, you can And that's the issue, yeah, that yeah. you don't have, a, you don't have a, a tracking device on it. Mm. Yeah. But again, I, I, it's one of those things that you, you don't think that, you know, you just sort of think a keg is just a, 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 a street appliance, basically. And, it, and, it, and it's not. My takeaway from this is congratulations to Wobber um, mm. because, you know, one of the eternal discussions about industry associations is what is their mission. Um, you know, having just seen the Indies, um, you know, the, the Indies pivoted um, in, in COVID. They couldn't do their – everyone in the room at the, um, you know, event – and that was a very, very expensive um, a, a event to put on to have nationally televised, um, you know, a, a awards. And, you know, um, it's a great way to celebrate the industry and reinforce it to itself. But then resources, um, you know, for these sorts of uh, campaigns have to come from somewhere as well. And, you know, I, I just... There's been a lot of tension in the industry about, you know, whether Wobber should fold into um, the IBA, you know, as other state associations have and th- things like that. And Western Australia is always – and hello to our Western Australian listeners. Um, can't wait to get over there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Western Australia has always been, you know, almost a separate country within in, in a country. They've had a, a, a very separate mindset because of their physical remove from the East Coast and they are overlooked and over, you know um, – you know, there's a whole lot of things about it, but at the same time, you've got the Western Australian Brewers Association leading a campaign mm-hmm. that no one else in the, you know, in, everyone in the industry is aware of the problem. No one else is doing, and uh, yeah, I, I, congratulations to them, and it sort of highlights, you know, why every state, you know, needs its own. Mm-hmm at least loose confederation of brewers, if Absolutely. not a, a, a full association. And it, it, it is one of the tensions that the Western Australia has always felt about being part or wholly being part of, you know, an East Coast-based association that some of their issues are going to get overlooked, which is how states feel and how... Absolutely. Yeah, so anyway, uh, but again, yeah, just... Yeah, I, don't I think it is important as well to have maybe the smaller ones that are looking at your local interests. The IBA can't be everything to everyone and do everything you want it to do. They're a really small organisation, actually, in the grand scheme of things. It's so if you have a little thing that you want for your area, they can't necessarily lobby that your local government and blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you have a local industry body, like a smaller one, that's what they can focus their efforts on. Without, yeah. Uh, look, oh God, I mean, you can sort of, we can turn this into a political discussion you know because like a, a federal government in a country the size of australia that you know stretches from london to moscow um if it if it's all done federally there is going to be a range of interests that make sense you know and and, and <laughs> let's not rule out self-interest in federal politics or in, in, in any form of politics is what, what's your favorite saying pete in a two-horse race always back self-interest you know it's trying um <laughs> you know it's trying <laughs> oh, one, of, one, of, one of pete's uh, all-time greats yeah, um, yeah, but yeah and and you know you, you, oh, you can, I should point out, I've taken that straight from uh, the bloke you spoke to on the radio yesterday. That's a, that's a Ross Stevenson. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Pete, you don't yeah. have to. You don't have to dub yourself in. We <laughs> yeah, just believe no, you. No, no. 
most of my stuff is original and good. Good <laughs> is not original, and the stuff that's original is not good. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that's not, one, that's not one of mine either. No, thyself. But uh, anyway, yeah. So you know, you can talk about the wastefulness of federal, state, and local governments, but the issues that are going to affect people on different levels are going to be given different weights. You know, um, based on how you look at it. So yeah. Um, anyway, God. That was a whole below the fold out of that that wobber thing, but you know it it it, it shows obviously it's it's an issue for everyone, but for whatever reason, Western Australian brewers really feel it to the point that they they've gotten behind it, and you know congratulations to Wobber, um, and I think however we do it, um, you know whether it's a subcommittee of the IBA on the east coast or you know just a you know brewers getting together, it, I, I despair a little bit at how uninvolved brewers are in the associations outside of the things that are self-congratulatory. You know, everyone got behind the Indies because it's fantastic. Everyone wants to win awards. But then when you are out speaking to brewers um, about issues that affect them, and of course they're busy running their own um, breweries, but at the same time, their breweries exist in an environment that if they're not aware of you know, and, and actively involved in the issues that the industry is dealing with, um, they're going to lose out. And like a very good example is recently in Queensland. You know, the, the four packs um, in in Queensland because of the, the the laws. I think there are twenty brewery members of the QHA, um, and the QHA just screwed them over. Their own association just screwed them over by opposing restaurants and cafes selling four packs. And the, the QHA, when asked, absolutely admitted that. They, you know, they said, oh, what are you going to do? You know, so they're, they're paying, you know, and, and then the members weren't even aware of it. The, the, the breweries I've spoken to weren't even aware of it. So, yeah, look, at that, that Wobber thing, get involved in your local association, get involved locally because there are is a whole lot going on that if you just shut up and run your business and leave it to somebody else to deal with, you're not going to be hurt. So, anyway, sorry, that um, probably a little bit... Overthinking the the, the, the wobber stuff, but it's been on. My Someone mind. else, another group that won't be heard, are the New South Wales secret shoppers, uh, which are going to probe alcohol deliveries. They are indeed, Pete. Uh, so the New South Wales government they brought some reforms in earlier this year. In terms of alcohol delivery, obviously we've seen that being a bit of a sticking point. Uh, retail drinks. Um, the industry body, they brought in codes of conduct to talk about um, how you should deliver and make sure RSAs are in place, like you do all the things that you would do, like ID checks, making sure they're not regularly getting alcohol, same as you would at the bar. Uh, There's loads of like interesting smaller little issues like that and they've been sort of intermittently popping up in terms of alcohol delivery over the past year. So the New South Wales government is actually doing like a little secret shopper thing to to probe alcohol deliveries and make sure that they're conforming to these rules. And I thought it was an interesting one given that uh, breweries have in the past year or so obviously moved a lot to online sales, moved a lot to delivery. Lots of them deliver themselves uh, in off periods uh, during the week if they're brewing uh, during the week and they have spare staff or, um, you know, went back in the day when, <laughs> back in the day, uh, when we were in lockdowns, uh, hopefully never again, uh, and they were getting lots of staff um, who would have normally been on the bar or whatever to do deliveries. So they weren't necessarily... Uh, 
experienced delivery staff who know these rules, who know these issues. Uh, and it's just a sort of an interesting one to point out that this is what's going to be happening. So make sure that all of your processes when it comes to um, home delivery are on point because it's getting checked effectively. Yeah. All right. Um, and our last story before we head below the fold. Nominations are now open for the Gab's Hottest 100. They are. Get on it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, again, well, you know, that's all I need to say. There's a big discussion around this. You know, there's a whole lot of discussion around whether beer should be retired once they've won mm-hmm. a, a couple of times. I and- actually spoke to Mike Bray at uh, Gab's yesterday and we were talking about this exact thing he did make the point that there were lots of uh rules being bandied about <laughs> for the hottest 100 that they weren't actually party to so well, <laughs> funnily it, it, enough there was an in, there was a industry <laughs> meeting called funnily enough you know championed by stone and wood um mm. <laughs> at, 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 at the start of the year um you know because stone was that having, back when they were independent metal when they were a conscious business or when they were craft uh, <laughs> in between period well, i think the, it was a bit who, of a who knows area. when the negotiation started, mm. you know. But again, like no no conspiracy theories because of the, you know like self interest. Um, and Stonewood's achievement of being at the top of the hottest one hundred since the hottest one hundred began is you know in- incredible. At some stage, people are going to you know change their votes. You know what's cool today isn't what's cool tomorrow, and you know uh, so there is a lot of discussion about whether the people who win should be retired. Um, and over the last few years, we have seen a lot of campaigning and lobbying um, for the, you know, for, for vote this way or, you know, don't just vote for my brewery with your favourite beer, vote for this beer because we want 100 votes for this one beer so it features well rather than, you know, five votes for 20 of our beers because they're not going to feature. All of that distorts it. But that's the nature of the hottest one hundred. That's the nature of the the, the 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 campaign, and I think highly engaged consumers. I, I think it says something about the businesses, you know, <laughs> the, the the way they behave, um, you know, and, and and the way that they respond to it. Um, and yes, it's a short term sugar hit if you feature in the top, you know, ten. But I, I think longer term, these things are, are found out. Um, it, it it does create a bit of an arms race though when one brewery who you know, sees another brewery doing it and then they think, oh, well, we need to do it. And and, and that's what worries me. Um, you know, I, I would love to see just a standard approved form of, you know, we are in the hottest 100, vote for us, um, and you put your logo on it. Mm-hmm. You know, no. That's not, not like a specific beer or anything yeah. like that, just your... That's not going it, to... It's Mike's business. It, it's the hottest 100 generates more interest than any single thing in the industry, you know, more than the Indies, more than the ALBAs, more than any state-based award, the, the Hottest 100 does exactly what we want something like this to do, mm-hmm. and that's get people talking about beer, um, positively, negatively, or whatever. Yeah, as, as you intimated, Matt, it, it clearly has value, Yep, getting getting a mention in the in the, the upper echelons of the Gabs Hottest 100 has, has value. Um, but the other thing too is that I think now, far more than ever, and increasingly each year, it's transcended um, the, the 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 bubble of uh, craft slash indie. It's it's now it's far more mainstream. So 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 many more people get involved in it, um, which is why you're going to see votes for furfies and. In, them fifty lashes and you know and incidentally that's one of the things that's because of its involvement with BWS which you know BWS reaches the whole 
beer buying market on some level. And well, Dan, Dan Murphy's, I think, is a oh, sorry, Dan Murphy's. I mean, sorry, Dan Murphy's yeah, not yeah, BWS, yeah. same owner, same owners. And you know, it, it, it it's it's always funny when, on one hand, we're all going, you know, why isn't craft beer bigger? Why isn't craft beer bigger? And then suddenly craft beer gets bigger, and people go, oh, you know, BWS is just using this to, you know, distort it, and you know, they're choosing the the winner based on you going, no, look, you, 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 it can't be small and niche. And big and successful <laughs> in the same universe, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you, 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 yeah, if it does become big and successful, there are parts of that you're going to like, you know, and there are parts of it you're not going to like. But you know, ultimately, it's good for the breweries, and that's it. And it's an administrative nightmare to, oh, to oh my god, I bet. to maintain the integrity, to ensure that you know, to monitor it, to ensure that um, you know all the beers are included, so that you know it's because it, you've either got to have all or none. You, you, you know, maybe when we get to a thousand breweries and we've got ten thousand beers to choose from, maybe then we say each brewery has to nominate three beers, and you just vote for them. But then you go, well, now somebody's telling me what can't be my favourite beer. That, that's where I can't work out what is the alternative. You know, trying to keep a lid on just, just how nakedly people are incentivised to vote and how nakedly mm. we campaign. You know, so vote. One, two, three, four, five for, for, for these five beers. But that's, you know, ultimately for the good of the industry, breweries need to show their own restraint. It, it, it's, it's just like ABAC. What is the alternative? You know, if breweries are going to behave like shitbags, um, <laughs> then they deserve what they get. Um, you know, uh, if breweries are going to show some restraint and adhere to the spirit of the competition and not try and game the system too much... Um, then the the, the the competition is going to be brilliant for the industry. It may not be the perfect thing for you, but it'll be brilliant for the industry because it is a really, really good thing. Um, the more that we say, well, this is a problem, let's create a rule about it, we're going to end up with one of those really highly distorted, ridiculous things. And, and uh, as it is, um, you know, people are saying, one, one of the solutions I've heard is, well, it should only be new beers for 2021. That year, um, which know. is what the the hottest one hundred from which it was homaged, the um the yeah. triple J no, hottest one hundred tri- songs oh, that were okay. were released. I think triple J is the same. It has different lists. It's got different lists, but yeah. I think it is the the main list is just music in the past year. Vote, you know, vote for the beer that you, you most enjoy. Mate, I, I, honestly, I I work in the industry. I you know drink beer. I don't know what was released this year and what wasn't, and the number of new beers that come land on our desk that I just you know at the end of the day it's like taking a step into a river you know as soon as you lift your foot out it disappears um (laughs) you know and and, you know the the river not the foot no yeah (laughs) no yes sorry sorry you know it it leaves no mark on the river um you know it's something that's there and I I wouldn't know if I if it was confined to beers for 2021 I wouldn't know Well, well that's that'd be all that was on your list so when you do the drop down, yeah, I, I appreciate that, but I mean, I don't like. That's the thing. Like, there are a whole lot of beers that give me much more play. It would be so re- yeah. irrelevant don't to me. It for restrictions. It'll be sake. irrelevant to everybody else, and we want yep. this competition to take beer more broadly into the community. Also, and most consumers, I mean, we're struggling to get people to work out what's independent and what's not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, let's <laughs> let, let, let's not overcomplicate it. Yeah, just, and, and especially right, yeah, because yeah. if it's all just beers through the year and there's loads of limiteds on there, then that means when the list comes out 
fifty percent or more of them won't be available. Nobody can get hold of yeah, them. So what's the point? <laughs> and how many? Yeah, you know, when when craft beer is such a small segment of the market anyway, how many people who are drinking craft beer are drinking something that you know are going are doing that mindset? Like it is such an inside the bubble mindset to limit it to beers that were only brewed this year because. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> it leaves it to the people that are so on it that they know what's been going on this year. The majority of people who drink beer don't go into the bottle shop looking for a different experience every time they go in there. They go in there looking for the same experience that they had last week, last month, and last year. And that's their favourite beer. And why should those beers be excluded? Um, just for some little, you know, <laughs> propeller cap beer geek um, you know, exercise. It, 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 We've gone I, fully below the fold. Here. I think that, yeah. <laughs> brewers, uh, brewers who are listening, beer marketers who are listening, yeah. jump online, register your beers, all of them, mm-hmm. um, and don't be dicks when it comes to campaigning for it. <laughs> if someone else is being a dick, that doesn't don't legit, follow them. Don't follow them. Promote, promote the hottest 100. Promote not the hottest 100. Yeah. Promote your brewery. Promote voting. And don't be a dick. That's it. Exactly. Uh, and on that note, nominations are for the Australian one in before 5 p.m. tomorrow, Friday the 3rd of December. Luckily, a lot of our listeners listen to this as soon as it comes out. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. And then if your nominations are also open for Gab's Hottest 100 New Zealand. So... Get your nominations in before 5pm Friday next week. There we go. And our last story now I'm just going to do, because Melbourne, uh, Victoria, but Melbourne in particular, has just missed out on so much this year that I'm going to do a uh, pop culture reference that's just for the uh, for the Melbourne uh, listeners. <laughs> okay, but good. Story, so I'm not expected to know what it is. No. no. <laughs> okay, good. Migalo, Migalo, Migalo. Grand sale, grand sale, grand sale. Southern Bay Brewing assets are for sale. <laughs> And I will. I'll, I'll send you a link. Please um, do. Claire. Yeah, because I know you need closure on my. Outdoors. I do. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so you may have seen that uh, we wrote about Southern Bay sadly going into liquidation a couple of weeks ago, and the liquidators ha- are working with us at the minute. Uh, they wanted a sponsored post to talk about their assets being for sale. So that's um, plant equipment premises. All up for sale. Uh, so if you're interested, if you want to know what's on the list, if you want to know any specs, if you want to know what the premises are like and fancy setting up your own brewery, expressions of interest close on Monday the 13th of December at 5pm. There you go. Enjoy. Done. Have a look. This was a paid announcement. It is an We Wish there were more of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brilliant all right well uh, that's it for the news thanks very much claire beautifully read as as always if you need to get back to work or finish your run whatever um thanks for joining us you can uh, head off now you are excused with the uh thanks of the company and if you want to hang around we encourage you to do the same uh to stick around for a little thing we call below the fold where we discuss uh in more detail no, sorry, I'm out. I need to have a wee, or I've got to go and roast some coffee, or whatever. Um, if, if that was if that was a brief summary of the news, <laughs> what am I in for below the fold? Well, it's not always like this, but anyway. Um, and we always begin uh, below the fold with the mailbag, and the mailbag is thanks to our friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on all the social media to find the best beer experiences 
in New Zealand. Uh, don't forget, you can review us on iTunes or you can send us an email. You can um, uh, send us any sort of any sort of communication, make any comments, and uh, we'll look after you, uh, provided you send us a postal address, with a dogbone bar blade from our very good friends at Thirsty Merchants. And um, you can also join our Facebook group if you want to make said comment. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password uh, Soapbox. Um, leave us a review, subscribe, you know, and uh, let other people know about the podcast if you enjoy it. I'm assuming if you've li- if you're still listening now, you've, you're enjoying it to some degree. So um, put your put your digits where your heart is and and tap out uh, a nice review for us and um, and share it. Claire, we've got a comment from uh, Matt Farrington, who I think is a regular contributor. Uh, Re the beer is conversation, which is for new listeners, our other uh, stream of Radio Brews News, which is uh, an in depth interview with uh, various people. And um, two weeks ago now, and we're still getting comments. Uh, Dr. Tim Cooper. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Matt says, I really enjoyed the episode with Dr. Tim. <laughs> well, if it's called Dr. Tim. Uh, I have a supplementary question which maybe got asked and is on the cutting room floor or has never been covered before. In 2016, Cooper's released a Family Secrets Amber Ale which used a, from the press release, carefully cultivated strain of Cooper's yeast that had been kept under lock and key for generations. The result was the beer did not have the distinctive estuary cloudhouse yeast character but was more neutral and gave more space to the hops. I was wondering if there were any plans to brew it again, uh, or again with that yeast, and what is Dr. Tim's opinion on it as a brewer and in terms of brand identity? A bit of history on where that yeast came from and what beers it was used uh, in back in the day would be good too. It was interesting to hear about the pre-1998-1999 mixed culture house yeast being pared down to one strain, and it is used exclusively across the current lineup. So the question could have come in here, what were the conclusions from the Family Secrets offering experiment? Did you talk about that? We didn't. No, oh. I don't think anything the ended up on the cutting room detailed, floor. It was detailed, it, it was all gold. So, <laughs> it was all gold. Um, <laughs> again, I, I, I can't even remember asking a question because Tim was just <laughs> answering every question I asked him three years ago that he'd obviously been uh, mulling. Um, uh, brilliant. Yeah, That's again. an interesting one, though. Yeah, look... Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't remember the Family Secrets Amber Ale. Um, oh. How do I phrase this? Because, um, again, you know, sort of speaking truth bombs or, you know, whatever, it just sounds like it's critical, where it's observation, not criticism. There's a huge difference, you know, sort of saying things. Um, but Cooper's has tried a lot of things over the years um, as in, in grappling with craft beer. And as, as we talked about on the podcast last week, you know, Tim didn't fully engage with the idea that they were a craft brewery because they see themselves, you know, they, they still see craft breweries. My takeaway was that they still see craft breweries as a, you know, the, 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 the kiddies table. Yeah, small, um, of the little, world. yeah, yeah. You know, post-craft world, all of that um, sort of thing. I, I don't think that's, that, that's true. But at the same time, Cooper's has grappled with relevance, um, you know, in, in an industry that, you know, all the kids are turning their hats backwards and pumping up their shoes and wearing, carrying skateboards, you know, to show my age. Um, <laughs> Good day, fellow kids. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think the family secrets, you know, again, they have such a proud tradition that they've always tried to, in playing in that innovation space, um, play with tradition. And, you know, we, we, we saw the... The, the, the range they brought out, I want to say Dr. Tim's, but it wasn't. Um, the 
Thomas Cooper. Thomas Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thomas Cooper's, and they had the Thomas Cooper range, and they, you know, they, they were bringing out beers. You know, they, they brought out, uh, you know, beers under that range and things like that. that you know, the artisanal reserve. Yeah, it just didn't resonate, um, and kind of went. Um, the cracker. You know, uh, but he says the result was a beer did not have the distinctive estuary, cloudy house yeast character. Was more neutral and gave uh, more space to hops, which in itself is is, is very very interesting. And y- y- you've got a business that's um, doing what businesses do, trying to be relevant and be current and innovate in keeping with what's going on in the industry, but at the same time being true to itself. Or as Dr. Tim, and he didn't say this in in the conversation. He did not use the expression. Stick to my knitting, or stick to our knitting. Um, you know, so they're the, they're the tensions because if you do something that's completely different, it jars uh, with, with, with the market. So um, yeah, so th- there was no there was no discussion about that. Um, but but yeah, you know, we we sort of danced around a little bit. But you know, th- that's where it was interesting that you know they he embraced the house yeast style of their XBA and their um, Pacifica um, that you know, is is quite distinctive these days. So yeah. Anyway, Matt, I hope that, um, whilst not answering your question, um, <laughs> makes makes you feel worth taking the time to write a long question and uh, send us your, email, your your postal address for a barblade. Um, I might even email Coopers and ask them. Sure. See if we can get a yeah, little yeah. detailed response from them. We can do that. Cool. Next one is an email. Anonymous writer is concerned. Uh, Gaydroads slash GDA, it's Good Drinks Australia, made some announcements to the ASX, including their annual report. EBITDA was up to 10.7 million and revenue was up to 54.4 million, up 48%. Uh, in their 2020 annual report, the chairman's letter said, I would like to strongly emphasize to shareholders that this team, your team, have met with and have responded to COVID challenges, restructuring our business to be more resilient yet also primed to scale and deliver an EBITDA in full year 2021 in excess of the 5.5 million delivered in two years previous. Uh, they most definitely did that, nearly doubling it. However, if you look in the table, uh, there's a table. They, they included a table. Uh, if you look in the table below, one million of this was related to JobKeeper. In a subsequent announcement, they have stated they have not paid back any of this. Considering EBITDA, even without JobKeeper, over-delivered on Target, over-delivered on uh, full year 2019, and was a huge turnaround versus tw- uh, full year 2020, uh, everything points to a successful year in difficult circumstances. However, JobKeeper wasn't intended for businesses that were thriving or improving during COVID, but for those that were doing worse. Do we think this is okay? I feel like in terms of social responsibility, we need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Please note that I'm not criticising them for accepting JobKeeper in 2020 when it was obviously needed considering they had a negative operating EBITDA and a decline in revenue. Uh, I mean, let's be fair... They're small fry compared to the whole Harvey Normans. Oh, the Harvey world. Normans of the world, and, and and that's the thing. Yeah, look, uh, without turning this into a macroeconomics um, mm. podcast, think back to uh, May, um, no, uh, March last year. Um, you know, COVID is hitting, borders are shutting, everyone's you know backside is tightening. What the hell's going to happen? <laughs> um, and you know, again, for for, for my little business, um, you know, I sort of sat down with the staff, I sort of sat down with, and sort of said, "You guys, don't worry, yep. we'll be fine." Um, you know, and, and this was before JobKeeper or anything like that, because it was the the one thing that I could do was um, reassure the, my staff um, that they were going to be fine. But at the same time, there was so much uncertainty and doubt in the economy um, that when the government brought that job keeper in, it 
was so important to businesses having the confidence to not lay off staff, um, not you know stop paying people, or, and, and and those sorts of things that people kept spending. You know, and and economies are essentially money moving around. You know, um, and it was incredibly, incredibly important. And at the time, no one knew what was going to happen. We did learn over time that you know people not going overseas, people not being able to go out to restaurants, that money was still being spent to some extent because people did feel secure because of JobKeeper did exactly what it um, wanted. And businesses like Harvey Norman, as you said, you know, made record mm. profits because everyone's going to go, shit, if I'm going to sit here yeah. you know, watching Netflix, I want a better couch. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and, 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 so that, and, and so some businesses actually made out like bandits. Um, and, yeah, I reckon they probably, you know, if, if you're making – record profits um uh-huh. you know because of covid you there comes a time when you probably realize that and you're going well look you know um we probably should give it back um particularly when someone like jerry harry harvey is someone who is very critical of anyone who gets welfare that's not him um <laughs> so yeah so, so on that on the other hand a business like age roads they could have been massively impacted um you know the uncertainty and and, and things like that look it's yeah yeah, it, 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 I, I've got no trouble with it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's much worse situations out there that I'm like, you buggers. Yeah. Where, whereas Gage, I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. You it's look at how much they've invested. Like, the, the money has gone into investment, not just in staff, but yep. in and you know businesses that have used the money. It, it was a pump priming exercise mm-hmm. to maintain confidence and spending yep. and security in the in the economy mm-hmm. and everything about watching what Gage has done over the last uh, yep. 12 to 18 months, they have, you know, kept staff on, put more staff on, invested in growth. business growth. East Coast, West Coast, a big yep. project that's coming out next year. So they're not just resting on their laurels, pocketing that. Mm. They are doing something mm. with it. So I've got less of a problem. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Short answer, no problems. We'll allow it. Yep. Like. <laughs> we'll allow it because everyone listens to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, this has just become when when I run the country podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. But if you're a, if you're a business that uh, does have you know perhaps what you consider to be or you know a socialist would consider to be excess JobKeeper money, um, rather than just giving it back to the government who will just fritter it away, um, <laughs> you might consider giving it to somebody worthy like Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging who support our show. Uh, you could buy some labels, you could get some um, cans and bottles that are all sort of, you know, primed and ready to go. Uh, you could get some blank cartons, you could get can trays, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves, the whole the whole thing. All you need to do is call 1300 852 235 and say, guys, I've got some money for you. Please take it. Um one three hundred eight five two two three five. That's our friends at Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging. Lovely. Good one. Because I knew you guys had forgotten it. I was just yes, waiting for the opportunity, had, yeah. and, and I'm looking. At, <laughs> Your show, you're the host. This uh, is... <laughs> That's it. We're just side characters, aren't we? <laughs> we are. But <laughs> uh, I, I will say to the people that have emailed, make sure you get in contact so we can send you a bar blade. Um, you know, our, our... hey, actually, Pete, just a, as a as a pickup story there was i can't remember which american magazine there was a story about bespoke bar blades the you know you know rudy herkir um bar blade made out of you know 600 year old oak um (laughs) and a very brand new screw that i talked about you know so from from the um the the, the furters that's apparently become a thing so we might have to try and you know 
design a new one. Well, yeah, with but, our friends at Thirsty Merchants to get a. Uh, Mate, I, yeah, I might have to send you to the workshop with a couple of chisels and, <laughs> and a bandsaw <laughs> uh, yeah. over Christmas. I'll anyway. tell you what, I'll make it. I'll make it out of um, reclaimed ship pellets, and um, <laughs> yes. the bar blade part will be um, out of cut up old kegs. Yeah, that I that I find in alleyways behind <laughs> that you buy on eBay. Bars. Yeah, or that I get on uh, yeah Gumtree. But listeners, if we do mention you, read, read out. You make make sure you sort of uh, get in touch so we can send you because we haven't I haven't been getting too many uh, postal addresses. There, there's every chance that people have given up. They've emailed and we forgot. I think um, it's more like it's just the kudos of. Being read out on mailbag. Maybe unlike Jerry Harvey, maybe they're just being honest and going, "No, I've already received a bar blade." Somebody who hasn't written but should, um, and certainly has put in the uh, put in the hours, Gavin Wraith, um, who is a Geordie sommelier living on the Sunshine Coast, who oh, follows us on it. Twitter, and just as we've been doing this, he tweeted my top podcast of 2021. You know, Spotify it starts throwing up your stats for the year. Oh, um, yeah. Radio Brews News today. Oh, lovely. So, yeah, so we were, oh, that's we were his number one podcast. So thank you, Gavin. Please get in touch. Uh, we'll, uh, for, for that, um, we yeah. will absolutely... Uh, we've got some stuff we've, to we've, give out. Oh, actually, I've got a stone and wood shirt in that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so send us your um, shirt size and we'll find some good merch to, to send you. And if, if, if we were the top podcast in your uh, Spotify or iTunes, whatever, please oh, yeah, make know. sure share and you know, let people know that you listen and uh, let us know you listen and uh, maybe even leave a review. Spotify Worldwide is today um, releasing to everybody their most listened to tracks um, and podcasts. Mm. So that'll become relevant. Jeremy Clarkson's new beer, Mate, how many new beers? Like, oh, my God, I know. I'm sick of it. Absolutely look, over it. I will say this. The, the reason I was on 3AW this week, um, and Pete, I don't know, like, have they forgotten your number or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, You're obviously just far uh, more Almond beer. Um, and it wasn't even new, but it, it, it shows the power of novelty. It breaks in the mainstream. People find it curious. Mm-hmm. Guess people talking about beer. Apparently, the, the one question they didn't ask me that they'd flagged that they might ask was, has craft beer jumped the shark? <laughs> Jumped the shark a few years ago, I would have thought. Well, well, <laughs> Jumped chev- well, several sharks since my, then. <laughs> my answer was going to be, well, if it hasn't, it's got the skis on and it's lining up the ramp. Um, <laughs> but and like but, the Fonz, it's not going to say sorry. But that's my opinion, and people are still talking about it. And you know, like the, there is that element of you know, is any news bad news? Um, people are talking about it. It's getting, it's going to resonate. People dismiss it or, or whatever. Um, you know, so I guess it's the same with vanity brands. If craft beer is such a thing that someone with Jeremy Clarkson's profile feels that he's going to get something from beer, mm-hmm. he's also giving something. But at the same time, he's a huge star. You know, of, of men of a certain age. And I was going to say, whoever drinks a Jeremy Clarkson beer is going to be a very specific type of person. <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a hazy IPA or you know, <laughs> no, some fruit know. infused thing. But it, it gets people talking about beer. It makes beer inclusive, even to people that it was probably pretty inclusive or beer was pretty much targeted at in the first place. Yeah. Um, you know, and look, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's. We're not going to buy it. It's not going to resonate with Missed us. Missed opportunity. He could have teamed up with uh, our friends at Young Henry's and sponsored their um, their motor oil. He could Oh, have. that would have been a good their one. Order. That makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? I don't know. I think Young Henry's are a bit 
young for that. Like literally, yeah, their know. demographics younger than Jeremy Clarkson. That's one of those jarring <laughs> brand pairs that I think that, you know where I, I, I think young Henrys probably wouldn't get a lot of benefit out of a partnership could, with Jeremy could Clarkson. Take, yeah, no? they're a lot cooler than Jeremy Clarkson. Could, could take both partners to um, to new and untapped markets. <laughs> <laughs> you, that's a very nice but also marketing way of thinking about it. Well done. Mm. And also, I mean, you do say like when we talk about, especially when we did the brewery database and we were discussing physical breweries, whether we should include brands in there. And you were saying we, we decided in the end not to include brands that don't have a brewery. But at the same time, I think we did mention, you know, they bring that diversity to the industry. If it's design, if it's flavour profile, if it's bringing another brewer in, helping them out, or having giving some work to a brewery that has a bit of space, it brings something to the industry. So why not? The, the, the zero barrier to entry lets you potentially. And I, funnily enough, I don't think a lot of them do this. I think a lot of them sort of go smack bang into the fattest part of the market, as opposed to using the zero barrier of entry to do something that's genuinely novel and interesting and unique. Um, you know, some of them do. Um, so if it, it's a case of if the shoe fits where it don't um, at me. Um, but I'm not talking about you specifically just because you're listening. Um, but, you know, there, there are a whole lot of reasons for that. But, you know, stainless steel is much easier to count. It's much easier to work, you know, what's a brand. You know, is Great Northern, there's no Great Northern Brewery. Is it a brand or is it a brewery? You know, how, how do you do it? We know there's a Yattle Brewery that makes Great Northern, but it's not the Great Northern Brewery. So there's a whole lot around that. One last thing before we go, guys. Um, So I believe we talked about it when we launched it, but we have launched the Brewers Network. And we're just looking for brewers in the industry to fill in a really quick form. Um, have we five talked minutes. To, did we talk about have the Brewers Network on the podcast? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, we did. I did yeah, put yeah, it yeah. on the list. Yep. If you are a brewer, if you uh, <laughs> most of you work in a brewery, yep. please get your teams, uh, you know, um, make them aware. We'll put a link in the in the show notes. We, we are going to gradually start trickling out data um, based on the on the surveys mm-hmm. that we've, we've we've got. It takes less than five minutes. Um, for, from what I've seen, to to put your bio, it's not a long, challenging email. Uh, you know, it's not a long, challenging survey. Five minutes um, or less is all it takes um, to put the information in there and it's going to be such a cool um, little bit of kit. So, yeah, please ask your brew teams or if you've brewed, um, please jump online and yep. get in um, and, and uh, do it. Fill that in. Yep. Done. And on that note, it leaves us nothing uh, other than to say thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Claire. Cheers, Pete. Thanks, Pete. And thank you in particular to Crime Alt, to Rellings Labels, Stickers and Packaging and to our friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. Uh, that's it for uh, this episode of uh, Brews News Week, episode number 347 for those uh, counting along at home. Drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.